Happy Sabbath, and may the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and your families. Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thy not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yes, I will help thee, yes, I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Happy Sabbath, Church. Sabbath. Whew, I'm not nervous this time. <laughs> um, our topic today is mental health and wellness, and this has been something that I've wanted or been inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit to talk on um, from last year. This is a huge topic, and I try to figure out how and what angle to come from and, and, and what to cover, and this is a lot. So I think there will be many other um, speaking engagements that I will do to explain more, but I'm going to be pretty open and um, general with in talking about mental health today and wellness. I was at work, and I had a patient that came in. I... And she came on the unit, and it was the unit was mixed. It had a, a different ages of, of patients at the time. And she looked at everyone, and she was like, I don't belong here. She came in for help. Um, she was dealing with uh, anxiety and, and depression. And she sat down with me. She's like, I don't belong here, Sabrina. I don't belong around these other people. And I'll pause my story right there. But we look at mental health a lot of times as it's not us. It's nothing that bothers us. It's other people. And so I want to bring awareness that mental health issues and problems affect every single one of us. From we are small and can start to understand until the moment we die. It is not a them issue. It is an everyone issue. So I wanted to go over just some myths and facts. So the myth is that mental health problems don't affect me. The fact is that mental health problems actually affect everyone and it is very common. One in five American adults experience mental health issues. One in 10 young people experience a period of major depression. One in 25 Americans lived with a serious mental health issue such as schizophrenia, bipolar, or major depression. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. It accounts for the loss of more than 41,000 American lives each year, more than double the number of lives lost by a homicide. Myth, children don't experience mental health problems. The fact is, every young child or children may show early warning signs of mental health concerns. These mental health problems are often clinically diagnosed and can be a product of interaction, biological, physiological, or social factors. Myth, people with mental health problems are violent and unpredictable. 
The fact is that vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. Most people with mental health illnesses are not violent, and only 3 to 5% of violent acts can be actually attributed to individuals with mental illnesses. In fact, people with severe mental illnesses are over 10 times more likely to be victims of a violent crime than the general population. Myth, I can't do anything for a person with mental health problem. The fact is that friends and loved ones can make a big difference. Only 44% of adults with diagnosable mental health problems and less than 20% of children and adolescents um, receive needed treatment. Friends and family can be an important influence to help someone get the treatment and the services that they need. Reaching out and letting them know that you are available is one way you can help. Helping them access mental health services, learning and sharing the facts about mental health, especially if you hear something that isn't true. Treating them with respect, just as you would anyone else, and refusing to define them by their diagnosis or using labels such as, they're just crazy. Another myth, mental illnesses are rare. The fact is that I said one in five adults in the United States experience mental health challenges in their lifetime. Depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Uh, mental health conditions do not discriminate and they affect people regardless of age, gender, education, income, race, ethnicity, religions, and sexual orientation. Myth, people with mental illnesses Oh, it's that one. People, sorry, myth. Mental illness is a sign of weakness. Fact, like any other health condition, mental health conditions have complex contributing causes. Factors that contribute to mental health problems include genetics, brain chemistry, life experiences, and family history. A mental health challenge is not a character flaw. Myth, there are no places or people to turn to for help. The fact is, there are several types of resources and professionals that specialize in treating mental health problems, including psychotherapists, psychiatrists, community mental health clinics, hospitals, adv advocacy agencies like adv sorry, advocacy agencies that can provide resources for you or your loved one. It can be hard to find a good fit with a professional, and it may take time and effort to find someone or someplace that meets your needs. Keep self-advocating. There are good providers out there, and there are. And my last myth, uh, two more. If I talk to my doctor about my mental health, it will affect my job or education. The fact is, doctors and other mental health providers are obligated to keep your personal health information confidential, HIPAA. Um, they cannot share your health information with your employer, your school, without your permission, unless you pose a danger to yourself or others, and that is the only way it can be shared. Fact, uh, myth, sorry, mental health treatment is too expensive. Fact, health insurances are required by law to cover treatment for mental health conditions, just like they cover treatment for physical health conditions. Oftentimes, the cost is a visit to a mental health provider, maybe similar to the cost, maybe similar to the cost to visit a physical health provider. If you do not have health insurance or choose not to use health insurance coverage for treatment, there are free low-cost clinics and clinics that may offer sliding scale fees um, should you need. So, 
Now we got some myths and facts out of the way. Hopefully that cleared a little bit up for you. When we think of mental health, we may automatically think it's just an emotional thing. However, the physiological and social well-being are also a part of our mental health. How we think, how we behave, and feel affects our mental health and determines how we make choices, handle stress, and relate to others. Mental health is experienced, as I said earlier, across the board. Everyone, every stage of life, from childhood to adulthood. As we live our lives, we realize that our journey has mental, uh, has mental health problems that affect our thoughts, our behaviors, and our mood. Some of the main contributing factors towards our mental health problems have included your life experiences, if you've gone through and dealt with abuse or traumatic events, biological factors, brain chemistry and genetic buildup contributes to this, and history of mental health problems in your family. We all have mental health problems, some more than others, but there is hope. Many people manage and some can recover from mental health problems if they get the proper treatment and support in, in time. Or, so just to highlight some of the common uh, mental health problems. There's anxiety disorders. Everybody, everyone has anxiety, and that is a whole one I can go into in so many different ranges because there's different types of anxiety. But there's anxiety disorder, there are behavioral disorders, eating disorders, substance use and mental health disorders, mood disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorders, personality disorders, psychotic disorders, suicidal behavior, trauma and stress-related disorders, and then there, are, there is self-harm. These are just some of the things or the broad categories under mental health um, that many people face and go through. Um, our scripture reading was from Isaiah 41, and what we have as Christians, what we have as the church that helps us with mental health is knowing who God is. Because when we know that God is love, and we are love, and if we have love in our hearts, therefore we have God in our hearts, then we're able to push through a lot of this. And we cling to God's promises. He says, sorry. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We go through, and I say we, because every one of us, we've, we deal with some form of mental health problems. Um, if it's not bigot where we need a diagnosis, um, we have to deal with depression, sadness. Uh, situations happen that cause us to be very anxious. And so when we remember God's word and we hold on to his promises, it can really help us. He asks us to fear not. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love I'm missing that scripture. And a sound mind. There's something else in there. Sorry. Um, and so God doesn't want us to fear. He wants us to hold on to him and to claim him to help us. To, he wants us to ask for help. So when we're dealing with or we have friends that are going through challenges, I want, I want us to be able to comfort them with promises from the Bible, with promises that God has given us to claim. So now that we've looked at what mental health is, um, how it's built up, 
how do we identify it? Um, according to the Mental Health of America, um, <clears throat> not warning signs of some of some mental health, um, some problems that you may see, eating or sleeping too much or too little, pulling away from people and, on, and not doing usual activities, withdrawing or isolating, having low or no energy, feeling numb like nothing matters, having unexplained aches and pains, feeling hopeless or helpless, smoking, drinking, or using drugs more than usual, yelling or fighting with family and friends, experiencing severe mood swings that cause problems in relationships, having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head, always have a constant reel or flashbacks, hearing voices or believing things that are not true, thinking of harming yourself or others, the inability to perform daily tasks like taking care of your kids or getting to work or school or simply getting out of bed and doing and taking a bath. These are some of the triggers or some of the um, warning signs that there might be some, if there might be mental illness problems that are developing into something more serious. Now, We've all been there where we're tired and stuff. But if these probably, if you're noticing these in a friend or a family member for over a week, the light bulb should go off. Let's start having this conversation. Hey, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? Um, and they may not be able to explain it themselves. Sometimes we have patients that come in that they can't really put their finger on what it is. They just know something is off with them. And this is where you reach out to re you reach out for resources. Now. <clears throat> With, with Wood County, I have resources out on the table. Um, if you have friends or family members that are going through something or you think may need additional support and you don't know what to do, there is the Wood County Human Services number and contact out there on the table. You can pick up one of those little cards or the crisis line. Um, if it's becoming something that you may not have any expertise in dealing or de-escalating, provide that number, call the crisis line. That information is available outside Pick it up, share it with someone, keep it on you. You never know when you're going to need it. Um, the county does provide resources uh, that are available for, the, um, for us, and so be knowledgeable about it. So we have a few th I have a few things out there. Grab them, share them, so that you can be informed and ready to help someone else. So now that we've looked at just the general landscape of what mental health problems are, how do we move from the problem to having mental wellness? What does that look like? Mental wellness is a, is a positive, mental, positive mental health, sorry, allows people to realize their full potential to help them cope with stress in life, to be productive in work, and to have meaningful contributions in their communities. So I've broken down mental wellness into five parts. The first part, our relationship with God is ever so vital for our mental health. Again, I go back to Isaiah 41. God wants us not to fear. Fear allows us to cower and to hide and to not realize our strength. And the Lord wants us to call on him because he will deliver us. So what is your relationship like with God? 
um, work on setting aside 30 minutes every day if that's what you can manage and having your, your one-on-one with God. It makes the day, I'm telling you, it, it's like drinking coffee. It makes your day, you move through, <laughs> you move through better. Practice it for one week and then tell me if you have not felt a difference in just giving God 30 minutes, preferably in the morning if you can, 30 minutes a day. When you build your connection with God, it puts you in a more positive headspace. You feel triumphant. You feel like you're walking out of your house in the morning like, all right, who can touch me? Nobody. The devil can't touch me today. Um, And so really work on your relationship with God. The second part is having a healthy and strong support system is a very important factor in mental wellness. It can look and take the form of having family, really good family members, having friends, really good coworkers, really good support groups that you go to. I know, like, we used to, we used to do the stitching, or you, the, the, yeah, you had our Tuesday, Thursday <laughs> groups that would meet. Those are support groups, you know, hobby groups that you may find interest in. Another factor that I want to highlight for a support system is having a therapist or a counselor. It is one of the best things you can do. Because if you don't have friends or family um, or a strong support system with friends and family or coworkers, having a therapist or speaking with a therapist can really help you to process and move through what you're going through. So I recommend if you're feeling like you don't want your family to know your business, go find a therapist. Third, medicine is an essential part of our mental wellness and should include two folds. Medicine includes how we eat. The foods we eat play a very important and vital role in our mental wellness. If you're eating nothing but sugary, laden, pop, fried foods, your system is going to feel lethargic and tired and inflamed, and you're going to start having health issues, and that's going to weigh you down. If you try to have as close to plant to plate as possible, fiber-filled fruits, veggies, legumes, uh, proteins, um, you will feel better. So when you look at medicine and mental wellness, food plays and how you eat plays a very important role in that. The other side of medicine that I want to encourage us to look at also is getting prescribed medication from a provider, Now, I know sometimes there can be hesitations with, I don't want to take any meds, I don't want to do this. Um, There are holistic medications you can take that can help, and there are the more traditional uh, prescribed by a psychologist or a psychiatrist um, medications that you can take that can help, especially if you're having a chemical imbalance. That's something that you may need that that little additional help with. And so I encourage you, when you're looking at mental wellness, look at the foods you eat, but at the same time, look at medication as a way that it can help you. Now, you may need to try different medications. They have different side effects um, or can, and find the one that works well for you or works better for you. But I encourage you, if you are feeling like, okay, I'm close with God, I've got good family support, I'm eating healthy, but I'm still feeling a certain way, look at the medicinal side um, of prescription medication to see if that is something that could help you to feel a little better. We sometimes are afraid of taking meds 
let me see the hands of all those who've ever had a heartburn. Yeah, those. What do you take for it? Tums or some other, is Mylanta one of those? Or the, perp, the pink uh, Pepto-Bismol? We, 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 we find something to ease that pain or to ease that discomfort. Your mental health is the same way. We shouldn't hide from or cower or feel afraid or any stigma that has been attached to getting mental health support and getting medications to help you. We shouldn't let those overpower us. Reach out there. If you're going to do something for your body, you might as well do it for your mind. The other aspect of mental wellness is sleep. Ah, we have had patients that have come in that after a bit of uh, medicinal support, sleep for like two days, and they wake up a totally different person because their body was just so wound up. When we sleep, it is essential for our physical and mental wellness. When we sleep, we allow our body to rest, and our body, while we're resting and sleeping, is rebuilding and getting rid of things, and it is doing work while we're sleeping. We wake up refreshed. On average, adults are supposed to get anywhere around uh, seven to eight hours of sleep. Kids, six to 11, should get, mm, I think it was nine to 11 hours of sleep. And younger, I think it's up to 13. Sleep is, you, have babies, you see how babies sleep? So they sleep, so they grow. Have you ever noticed that? A newborn, all they do is sleep. <laughs> and they grow. Our bodies heal itself while we sleep. So sleep is a very essential part of resting our body and being able to wake up rejuvenated and feeling well enough to tackle the day. Um, How well we sleep and rest our bodies is important in how our mood and how our hormones release in our body. In order for the body to to re-energize itself adequately, sleep is very important. How many of us can say we get six to seven, eight hours of sleep at night. Awesome. I'm working on that. That is, my, <laughs> that is my goal this year, to get at least six hours of sleep. At least six. It takes a while to lay down in bed and try to turn off all the, the to-do lists for the, for, <laughs> that you have to do. Um, but we should work at making sure that we can obtain adequate sleep at night. So anybody, when you wake up in the morning, you feel groggy and feel... Yeah, you probably didn't get enough sleep, probably are worrying about things. So when you're going to sleep, try to find, shut off your phone. No TV before bed, don't eat before bed, um, or bad habits like sitting in your bed and eating a chip or a cookie. Uh, Don't do that. (laughs) Not speaking from any experience at all. Uh, (laughs) But make sure you're no screen time and you can um, really quiet down the night. If you, I use a meditation app to go to sleep sometimes when I'm, my brain is just really buzzing around and five, I'll put on a five minute meditation and I, uh, I don't know when that meditation ends because how the soothing voice that's on it, um, that works for you. Try uh, deep breathing exercises before a nice bath before you go to sleep, anything to help calm you down because you want to be, you want to get the best sleep you can so you can function when you wake up. And then part five of mental wellness, healthy coping skills are essential for mental wellness. So we can talk about 
We can talk about being close with God. We can talk about having strong support systems. We can talk about eating healthy and taking our medications. We can talk about getting enough sleep. But if we do not have healthy coping skills, then we are going to be in trouble. Now, what does that look like? Meditation is one. Deep breathing exercise is one. Calling a friend, practicing gratitude, watching a funny movie, uh, positive affirmations, processing your feelings and emotions are also positive coping skills that you can build. And reaching out to crisis, learning to ask for help. We tend to want to do it on our own sometimes, and we have patients that come in and they, when you, when, when I talk about one of the um, disorders I said was uh, substance use and mental illness, a lot of times people try to self-medicate. That's why you'll see all the alcoholics or the drug users, um, the substance users, they'll try to medicate that way. That's their coping skill. Life gets stressful, they go to the bottle. Life gets stressful, they find uh, some substance to use. Retraining your mind and yourself to look at healthy ways. So if you're starting to feel stressed out in a situation, what do you do? Do you normally cower? Do you shut down? What are some really good skills that you can set up that you can use? Now, you may need to create a box, a coping box, and have or a coping list. So if you're starting to feel anxious, if you're starting to feel stressed out, if something is more than you can manage, you will say, okay, let me try this coping skill. Let me call someone. If that didn't work, let me go for a walk. If that didn't work, let me go for a run. Cooking, whatever allows you to calm down and distract you and provide you with time to just breathe, and then you can go back, look at the issue that you were dealing with, and see if you can manage it on your own. If you can't, then you get support and help. Coping skills are necessary. Um, Just like riding a bicycle, it's a skill. It's something that you have to practice. One thing I have gotten really good at uh, when I get anxious is breathing. It doesn't, or grounding. Um, There's a, I want us to try it, I'll count. It's a breathing exercise. When you're feeling a little bit too wound up, I want you to breathe in and count to four while you're breathing in. And then you're gonna hold it, hold your breath for four seconds and then you're going to slowly release and count for four seconds. So I want us to try that right now, okay? So I want us to breathe in. Hold it. And slowly release. Now the first time you try that, you may be like, this isn't working. And that's great, because it's not going to work quite, not that quick. Do it a couple times, and you will see that it puts you in a, in a much more relaxed space. This is just one coping skill that you can use. There are a ton of coping skills, and I may need to present on that separate, <laughs> um, that you can use. One of the biggest coping skills, oh, where did it go, um, is holding on to God's promises. And so our call to worship from Philippians 4, and I'll read uh, verse 4 first. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then verse 6 to 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, 
Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there is any virtue and if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So the Bible itself has given us good coping skills. We tend to, as humans, focus on the negatives and the stressors. And the more you focus on that, the more that becomes your life. The more that is what you see. The more your world around you feels stressed out and feels um, like it's in a negative hold. Learning to change how you think and look at things in a more positive light has a very good outcome. The Bible itself tells us that's what we need to do. Focus on the good things. Because when we do, then our outlook at things, no matter what challenges come to us, we will look at the glass as half full. We will be like, oh, okay, we're going through this. Oh, this person didn't like me. All right, no problem. Oh, I'm having issues with my job. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. But all right, how can I, what can I do? What do I need to do? You draw on your, your, your reaching out to God, reaching out to family and friends, finding support system. This helps us when we can change our minds and pull on positive thoughts and look at things in a more positive light, helps us to change how we handle our challenges. Not that they're not going to come. We are going to have challenges. So I'm not asking you to be walking around being like, ha, 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 happy 24-7s. That's, that is not sustainable. But when you train yourself to, be, to think positively, no matter what challenges come, you're going to look at it and you'll be like, okay, all right, I got this. We can do this. You may cry, and that's okay. Cry through it. But you're working towards a positive outcome. You're looking at what you can do and not what you cannot do. Um, I did play that. I want us to ensure that we are opening up our minds to what mental health is and what mental wellness looks like. This is just a short overview. How well are you preparing yourself to be well? What do you do? So go home today and be like, okay, when I'm stressed out, what do I do? What do I have in my, 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 um, my skill box? What do I have in my coping skill box? How do I cope? Do you need to go to the spa if you can manage that? Do you need to go take a bike ride? Whatever puts you in a calm space or a space that you can breathe and feel relaxed is what we should strive for. Now, I had a sheet that I wanted to get done. I'm going to have this available for you next week. It's, uh, it talks about how well are you preparing yourself to stay well. And it lists things like, do you have at least two reliable support systems that you can talk to? So these are checklists. And if you um, don't, then, okay, you may need to work on that. Do you have something healthy or some healthy way to relax or have fun? Do you belong to a social group? Do you have a stable place to live? Are you within five pounds of an ideal weight? Do you exercise 30 minutes or longer twice a week, at least twice a week? Do you eat three relatively nutritious meals? Do you have a place that you can relax by yourself? Do you have a balanced daily schedule? Do you show up on time for scheduled appointments? Are you able to say no to drugs and alcohol? Do you take medications as prescribed? Are you practicing abstinence or safe sex? Do you sleep six to eight hours each night? Are you involved in healthy relationships? Do you engage yourself in no smoking or smoke-free environment. These are some of the things to think about. And to if, if you are, they say if you have, it's 16 things. If you have 16 yeses, then way to go. You're doing great. 
If you have 10 to 15, you are on the road to wellness. If you have under 10, then you may need to make some changes. So I'll have this available for you guys next week um, so that you can take a copy and work on this because May is mental health month. So you need to be working on your mental health, not just this month, but it's a continual work that we have to do. Um, And I will just end again. I will end with just going over our... Bible scripture, because sometimes we just need that reminder of who God is. And so our scripture reading, again, was taken from Isaiah 41, verse 10. I am leaving you with this, to remind you that we are not to fear, for God is with us. We should not be dismayed, for he is our God. He will strengthen us, he will help us, and he will uphold us with his right hand, whatever we ask of him. I hope you have gained some knowledge from this today, and you have a happy Sabbath. Yes, Aunt Theta. That is so wonderful. Have you guys? <laughs> when she's here in the warm months, <laughs> uh, Aunt Theta just provided herself as a resource. If you're feeling that you need to talk to someone, um, she's available to talk to. She used to work as a psychiatric tech, you said? Okay. So she is a resource. We will be also working on putting together. Um, more resources and creating more platforms that we can be able to access uh, the resources within Wood County specifically, or if we know someone to be able to talk to them. So there'll be a lot more um, plan. There are a lot more plans in the um, pipe to create more forums like this, where we can understand and ask more questions and dive in a bit deeper in understanding anxiety, depression, bipolar, and all the different dynamics and disorders that are. Um, a part of this life that we live we live in thank you